Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hello and welcome back to the greatest show on earth. This is Starcastic Remarks alongside Chris and James. My name is Ryan. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. We're all back this week. Please go and check out DraftKings Sportsbook and also Raycon. We appreciate them for being our sponsors of this podcast. For the first time, live from Florida, James is in Florida. What's up, James? Um, You know, it's just an hour later here than it is there, so y'all are welcome for still doing this. Uh, Not really, though, because I stay up this late anyway, so. Yeah, I was about to say, this is like, you're, you're up this late anyways. Boys, 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 uh, football season, college football season starts this weekend. Y'all know what that means. It means that the, the A&M team is about to have another disappointing year. Yes. Besides <laughs> that. <laughs> James but, disparaged me, James. It means the hockey season's a month away. Yes, that's more important. One month. And, and a little, a few days. But whatever. I don't know if y'all, this is totally, well, I guess it's kind of on topic, but did y'all see, I think it's Vanderbilt. They're still like constructing their stadium, the renovations they're doing or whatever. Nobody cares and, about Vanderbilt, Ryan. Move along. But like, they're supposed to have Nobody a home cares. game like this week. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. No one shows up to Vanderbilt games anyway. So if half the building's gone, they won't even notice. All right. Moving right along. Well, at least they won't be like ranked in the top 10 and then fall out every single year. Oh, see, that's why we're starting this season not even close to the top 10. Stay away from it the whole time. Low expectations, uh, high reward, I guess. That's that's the goal. <laughs> sure, sure. We'll go with that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, how have you been out there in Austin slash San Antonio since you go to San Antonio, it seems like, every day? Great. We had our little owner closeout walk here today. Building's pretty much done. We pretty much got a slop of coat of paint on some little parts here and there. Fix the little concrete, and we'll be all good and dandy to get on out of there. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just went straight hick there for a second. I mean, he is. Hey, man. 
Yeah. Well, how's all the wedding stuff going? Is it going okay? We are going to have a wedding. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> You're pretty much like, I'm just going to show up. And that's about it. Hey, and everyone I, else knows all again, the other stuff. More on. disparaging of me today. I don't know where these <laughs> attacks are coming from. But I had a large hand in planning this wedding. Thank you very much. Probably more than I was in my own wedding, to be totally yeah. honest. I, I can totally sure. see that happening. Well, well, for me, uh, we're getting even closer to our first football game. It's here on Friday. And uh, we've got, uh, I think we've got a third of our show on the field ready to go. So a little marching uh, band, a little marching band, root toot toot toot. Yes. Rick-g-g-g-goo and all that other stuff. But we've got like pencils, like giant pencils and giant crayons and like 10 foot banners and ridiculousness. We're like doing all this dance stuff now that's brand new. It's cool. I like it. But, uh, Man, it, it, it's I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I think we have a really cool shot of doing really well at state this year. If we make it to state, we got to make this state first. But you heard it here first. Okay. Ryan likes dancing. Well, of course I do. Of course All right, I do. moving right along. These look cool. Okay. Moving right All right, uh, we are going to get into a couple of things tonight. Uh, first things first. NHL news. Couple of signings to talk about. Obviously, the big one that came out today. We'll we'll discuss that. Uh, we're going to get into some star stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the American Airlines Center. That video board is coming up, and it, it's apparently enormous. I don't know if you've seen any like behind-the-scene pictures. It's huge. It's like twice the size of the old one. That's a big um, boy. We're going to talk a little bit about, of course, the, the defense for the stars. Sod wrote a article for The Athletic talking about how the stars missed out on Petrie and Carlson, but it was probably for the best. Uh, we got an article from the NHL.com guys saying what's the three biggest questions facing the Dallas Stars. And then we're going to get into our particular segment, which which is the title of this episode today, is the top three most important players next season for the Dallas Stars. We've each got three. They might overlap. They might not overlap. We'll see. We have not told each other what those three stars are. And then uh, we'll do our favorite segment, of course, which is the Who Cares segment. And uh, in honor of Amanda's birthday, they'll give you a little bit of a hint and a little bit of a, uh, you know, grab onto something so you stay for the whole episode thing. And uh, you call that a hook in the business, Ryan? A little hook. A hook. I thought little it was. Look. I don't know. Whatever it is. Okay. Anyways, uh, first things first. Uh, Brandon Hagel of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He signs an eight-year extension worth six point five million million dollars per season. Uh, normally, I wouldn't really care all that much about this but the fact that the guy made 1.5 million uh, and it with his past contract he's making like almost four times that much he had a really good season for the tampa bay lightning and the lightning just seemed to throw out eight-year contracts like it's nothing they did that to chernak they did that to uh oh my gosh what's his face lots of other people like three or four other players so i don't know if you guys saw anything about that Thoughts about the Tampa Bay Lightning going into next season? Are they going to bounce back or are they not going to bounce back? Yeah, right now it's a good contract, but like you said, they do those eight-year contracts to not the top players. I mean, he he's a middle-of-the-road kind of guy, so it's kind of strange to give him such a strong contract and expect him to be that way for the full eight years. But who knows? It worked out for them in the past. They got two cups, so who yeah. am I to question it? 
Well, he is really young. He's only 25. And, I mean, he he got traded two years ago. And at the trade deadline, he did okay. But then this past season, he he just exploded. Uh, really stepped up. I think he scored, I think he had 30 goals this year, if I remember correctly. Uh, I, I don't have the stats in front of me. But, yeah. So, another player that the Tampa Bay Lightning signed for a really long time. We'll see how they do this year. Uh, this is another interesting one. Uh, Alex Lafreniere. Uh, so the first overall pick of a couple of years ago signed a two-year extension uh, worth $2.3 million. Um, he hasn't really lived up to the hype around him and around his contract and his standing with the New York Rangers. Uh, agree, disagree? What, what do you expect from him from his new contract? Fully agree. I mean, I feel like this is almost a entry-level deal part two. Like <laughs> you're, you're still banking on what he can do and what he's expected to do in the future, yeah. more so than what he's brought to the team right now. And it's really starting to feel like it might be a mistake that they brought him into the NHL so early. Like maybe he, they should have left him in the AHL for a year or two. That's maybe. what it's really starting to look like. But the Rangers really, I mean, he's filling a spot right now too on their roster as well, though. If they're in their win now mode, like, Everyone's saying that they are like their trade deadline moves last year made it seem like he's got to fill a role and he's got to score goals is what he's got to do. So it, he's definitely in a weird position where he he's not fully developed, but he he needs to be. And he's let's 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 say this: he's not a bad player, right? No, no. He's absolutely no, he's absolutely one hundred percent an NHL not level first player. Overall level, exactly yeah. the, the expectation level of a first overall pick it, 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 he hasn't fulfilled that role of what he is expected to be exactly. i mean and i remember just like we did that we did that episode so long ago now when uh the rangers won the 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 draft lottery many years ago and that was when they were just beginning to get all of these really good players they just signed panarin they had just gotten Adam Fox. They looked like they were just exploding. And all of a sudden, they also get the first overall pick, and it didn't seem fair. And now we look back on it, and it's like, yeah, the Rangers are still a good team, but you know, Lafreniere still hasn't lived up to that contract at all or his uh, standing. So uh, we'll see what he does. I, I think he's going to jump up. I, I'm not saying he's going to score 40 or 50 goals, but yeah, I mean, honestly, he- I, I think 30 goals is probably an expectation for him. And, and, and maybe that's not fair as a Stars fan perspective and for someone who hasn't watched him very much, but I don't know. That just seems like an expectation in my mind for him. And, and the thing he's got going for them is that he's still young. I mean, he's still he's getting up there, but, like, he, people break, break out in their, like, mid-20s sometimes even. They'll just randomly – they'll score, like, 80 points in a season out of nowhere. So, I mean, it's, it's something that – he he's that type of player who would be capable of doing that. Yeah, and they haven't really given up on him at all the way like the Kraken did with Shane Wright. I mean, he's been playing with the best players even when he's playing bad. His first season, he was not good. I would say he was bad. And he's still consistently he's playing with good guys, keeping good guys around him. He just needs to figure it out. But he's got to figure it out soon. So I'm kind of shocked to see such a big contract for him, honestly. I didn't expect to see multiple millions of dollars in multiple years, but hey, they still trust him, even though we haven't seen it yet. He's still got that staple around him, though. And again, like James yeah. said, he's he's First only overall. 21, right? 20, yeah. 21. And uh, people were saying the same thing about Jack Hughes, and he was the first overall pick. And then now look at him 
I think I think he had a 99 point season this past year, yeah, and he's he one of the team. best. Yeah, he's one of the best centers in the NHL right now. So sometimes you just got to be patient, and maybe he'll take that role away from Zabinijad uh, in a couple of years. I don't know. And, we'll see. and I think that's especially true just with all the COVID stuff. I mean, that messed with a lot of players' development, and it's proving yeah. again and again. Further we go into this, that there's just players who pop up out of nowhere. Like Wyatt Johnston. I mean, Wyatt Johnston was drafted way late in the first round, and uh, we got lucky. We got absolutely lucky that we got him at where he was at. He didn't play in the OHL at all in his draft year. So, I mean, that's that's another really good point, James. Two really good points there. Speaking of players in the top 10, guess who's mm-hmm. not in the top 10 who just signed a really big contract? Yep, the he is now the... Uh, highest paid player in the NHL, and that will start uh, this upcoming. Year. S- or is it next year or this year? Next year, next year. Uh, Mr. Austin Matthews, one of the biggest superstars in the NHL, he signs a four-year deal worth thirteen point two five million dollars. So over the per course year. of, yeah, over the course of four years, he's going to be making fifty-three million dollars. That is insane. Now, is he worth it? No. Probably. I yes. think he's worth that. He's, he's absolutely worth that. He he's he's the only one of two players to be outscoring uh Alexander Ovechkin in goals over the past like five years. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's the, the only, only one that's one been on able to do it. Scores. Right. <laughs> I, I understand, but I mean just even just last season and the stuff that you've that we've seen from him in the playoffs shows me that he's not worth that much money. I, I think the main thing is like he feels kind of injury prone. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't played an eighty two game season since his since the first year he was in the league. And last season, he's sixteenth in the league in points. And if we're saying he's three million dollars better than Connor McDavid. I know that's not how it works. Connor signed his contract just several years ago, but still, y'all understand my point. <laughs> well, he's not the... close to Connor McDavid, and he's ahead of him by dollars by three million dollars. Well, right, right now maybe, but that when you you got you the main thing you got to look at is not the amount, but the percentage of the cap that Connor McDavid is worth compared to what it is now. Oh, so I think it's about the same. I think it's like sixteen percent or something like that. It's so. Not... It's Sorry, just a, it's it's a different caliber of player. Like Matthew scores a ton. Yes, absolutely. He's crazy good at putting the puck in the back of the net. But Connor McDavid will go and win games single handedly on a nightly basis. For Austin the Matthews doesn't do this. No, yeah, he, he does it. He scores a lot of goals. He does it. He does it maybe like once, once every like two or three weeks. But, did it against the stars. But, but I mean, <laughs> Connor McDavid does it. Remember does that it goal? Every, Connor McDavid does it every other night. Exactly. And even beyond that point, the Leafs have tried this for five years now. I don't know what they're and doing. they're doubling down. That's unbelievable. That's Yeah, crazy. but no, it's not crazy. Here's the deal. You don't go and trade your best player, though. Okay? You're not, you don't go trade Austin Matthews or Marner. If anybody's... $18 million, though. Right, but if you want to make a big change like that, you go and change like Nylander, who who is looking up there for an extension. That's a player that you can get rid of. Yeah, it's it sucks if he goes away, but it's not as irreplaceable as Matthews is. Matthews is darn near irreplaceable. That's like 
Miro Haskin in for us. I, I truly believe that. I really do believe that. I, and, I think he's wildly overrated. Wildly. Uh, highly disagree with you. Highly disagree with you. And that's his defensive play is also pretty good, too. So he plays in Toronto and he's an American. That makes the media love him. I, I, he is a great player. He is definitely a top 10 player in the National Hockey League. He is he's not head and shoulders. I don't think he's top five. He is, he is not head five. and shoulders above every other player the way that this contract says he is. He is not the best player in the NHL. I don't think he's close. He's not. I agree with you there. There's. I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that the best player in the NHL right now is Connor McDavid. I don't think there's he's, no. There's no doubt. Period. I don't think he's it's top him. five. I think he's top five. I think you could argue for him being top five, for sure. Top ten. You're wrong. Top five. I think you could make an argument. I mean, okay. Jason, so let's just do it. Let's just do this. Let's just do this. Okay. Top five. Okay. Who are who are players that we would consider top five in the NHL? Connor, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, Leon Draisaitl, Nathan McKinnon. Okay. Pasta. Pasta, okay. Uh Jason Robertson. Uh, I don't 109 know. 109 points. I don't know. I I still think I Matthews is above Robertson. He's not. I I think he I is. Think I think it's And you know, honestly, Nico I Rantanen. I would still put him above those guys. The only now Over the, the Matthew Kachuk? Yes, I would. That's because Matthew, Matthew Kuchuk has not done it consistently. And you know who I, I still would put in the top five in the NHL right now? It's Sidney Crosby. Because that guy is ridiculous. He's 36, 37 years old. He is one of the best centers in the NHL. He's still one of the best defensive centers. Great two-way play. And he's still, you know, able to contribute offensively, at, even at his age. So I'm not, I'm yes. not talking to you after that one. <laughs> in the past yes he's get... he's probably the best of the last 20 years but no not right now james do you have anything to say oh he's muted he's he's probably answering something james is like being very quiet he doesn't want to get in in the middle of this yeah, i don't know <laughs> a little weird okay. too still so. yeah all right well let's move on from that let's move on and let's get into uh some of the star stuff we got yeah. going on. I'm just going right. to be yelling at you, so we can't keep talking about it. <laughs> All right. So first things first. Uh, if you have, it, this is basically just uh, if you haven't seen pictures, go find pictures. It, if you go look on X or t- whatever it's called now, Twitter, or like Facebook or something like that, there are kind of pictures everywhere that you know people who work at the American Airlines Center have taken pictures of. This new scoreboard that they're putting up in the American Airlines Center is absolutely ridiculous. It, it's insanely huge. And, I mean, it's, it literally looks like it's twice the size of the old board. And I like I liked the old board. The old board, it was outdated at this point, but it was still good. Yeah. But this new one is going to be really cool. I'm really excited for yeah, it. Yeah, the, the old board was in a bad spot. It wasn't old enough to be vintage, and it was not new enough to look cool. So <laughs> I'm glad we got a new one. <laughs> Uh, I think you can do a lot of cool like uh, graphic design stuff other than just obviously showing the hockey game, but like the pregame stuff will look really cool on that um, intermission stuff will look fun on that too. So yeah, it'll be cool. You know, just r- random thing here. Speaking of graphics, have y'all seen that little ball thing in Las Vegas or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it, it's like a, a dome thing. It like projects and it's, it, it looks really, really cool. 
Please tell me you know what I'm talking about. I think I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on like I've seen it on like Twitter or like I know what you're talking about. It's the thing that took billions of dollars. Oh, we lost nope. James. To make. Oh, he's back. There he is. Yeah, it took a lot of money, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Where are you going with that, Ryan? I don't know. You just said something about graphics, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, good, good point, Ryan. Thanks for keeping us All on right. track. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, let's get into let's get into this, too. Um, so, so how do you say getting into the whole defensive conversation? The Stars are a really good team. And, you know, with really good teams, obviously the weaknesses of those really good teams are going to be highlighted even more because obviously you can really see it. Goaltending is really solid. The forward group is probably one of the best in the NHL. And one of the things that we complained about this offseason is that we did not go out and get like one more defenseman. I don't even think we need two. We just need one more solid D-man, I feel like, in our top four. And... Sada is over here arguing that the Stars are probably better off for not acquiring either Carlson or Petrie. And, but he is still acknowledging that there is still a need there. So uh, what do y'all y'all think about just that particular idea? I think Petrie would have been a good fit here, especially considering that he got traded to Montreal. Some of his cap hit got uh, retained by Pittsburgh when he went to Montreal. I think he would have been okay for a couple of seasons, but again, it was just another suitor kind of contract. But what what do you look from the stars for the defense? You, obviously, they're going to go into the season with these with these seven guys, right? Yeah. For, first of all, I'm kind of glad we didn't pick up Petrie. I think, like you said, he'd have the same kind of flaws that Suter has. He'd be smart with his brain. He'd know what to do but he wouldn't have that extra edge to him. He'd be pretty slow, could get beat pretty easily. Um, but th that's a, the thing that I've come kind of come to on the defensive side is that that's just kind of the way it's going to go in the salary cap era. I mean, we made our big move and we got Matt Duchesne this offseason because he was the best available option for the price that we were willing to pay. If we had had a Matt Duchesne, but he's a defenseman, we would have taken him. And... I believe that's what Neil would have done. That wasn't the best option. That didn't make the team. There wasn't an option like that that made the team substantially better the way Matt Duchesne does. So I think I look at these guys and I'm confident that they can do it. They have to get better. Lundquist has to be a lot better. Harley has to be a lot better. That's for sure an area where it's up to those guys kind of individually to make a huge step forward. And that would put the stars at the top of the NHL is what that would do if they make a big leap, both of them. But that's also a huge ask to ask of young defensemen like that. Yeah. So it's definitely a hole, but it also has potential is what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of okay leaving it the way it is. If an option comes up to fill it, fine. If not, whatever. That's the way salary cap works. We're going to score a lot more goals than we're going to let in. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, we are st we're still one of the best defensive teams in the league. I and mean, we have... Jake Ottinger net save us. And then we have it immense depth down the center to get back and help Ridiculous. the defense. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of a defensive team, we have enough players on the forward side to, to cover the gap in the defense. Yeah. And not even to mention that we have probably the best game controlling defenseman in the league. I would say with Miro Haskinen, I mean, 
you can only play him he's, so much. Yeah, but we played him to as much as we could the entirety of the season, and he had the best season of his career. Yep. And he's now widely known as probably one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL while scoring a ton of assists. So we're going to be okay. We have a top half defense or blue line, I should say. Um, is it enough to get to win us the cup though? I mean, really that's what we're looking at here is, is this blue line good enough to win the Stanley cup? And yes. there, and why, that's why a lot of people are looking at it and saying that they're looking at the Vegas golden Knights and the Vegas golden Knights spreading out their ice time. Like they did. Yeah. And then you look at the stars are very top heavy with, especially with their top guy. Is that going to be a recipe for success? So, I, I mean, I would argue and say, yes, they could probably do it, but it's going to be at the expense of uh, the feet of Miro Haskinen because he's going to be skating a lot. And yeah. there, there's truth to what Vegas did in spreading up the minutes, but also they had the hottest goaltender that came out of nowhere to save them every time That's that they too. broke down. So, yes, their defense was amazing. They also had just a crazy hot goal. You also kind of mentioned the the cap a little bit, Chris. Uh, I was going to read straight from the article. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the point of having $10 million against the cap each season for the next four years, the entire time when Tyler Sagan's $9.85 million is still on the books and multiple star players, including Jason Robertson, Ottinger, and to a lesser extent, Johnston and Harley, would be due sizable extensions. All for a player in Carlson, who is 33 years old and hadn't played a full 82-game season prior to last year since 15-16 and hadn't cracked the 50-point mark prior to his blistering 101-point campaign last season. So, again, a perfect point right there by Saad Yusuf. Yeah, it would have been buying at the top of the market. And Neil has already set up his contracts right now in a way that we will be able to re-sign everybody that we have right now, too, really. So, it, yeah. Messing with it when it's not an obviously good move the way Duchesne was is not a smart thing to do. Yeah, I agree. And it, it just made sense for Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is in an all-win situation right now because they've got... Yeah, they're blowing out the maybe books. <laughs> max, yeah, it's maybe max three years with the, I guess, their core four that they have there with uh, Latang, Crosby, Malkin, and I, I guess you can include Carlson in that. Uh, with that core four there in Pittsburgh, Kyle Dubas just has to have a core four, doesn't he? Wherever he goes, <laughs> he just has to have, have one. So yeah, it worked out so well last time. So yeah, time. exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. so kind of uh, okay. some of my thing. Our defense is not the best, especially for a cup contending team that the way we are. But there's still potential there. Harley steps up, Lundqvist steps up. All of a sudden, we have a great blue line. That, that's really what it is. If those two players play to their potential, we're outstanding. And then you've also got the the veteran presence of Ryan Suter and a reduced role, hopefully, on that third pairing, which would be absolutely excellent. He he's he showed that he could play really well in reduced minutes. It's just when he plays when he's played too much, he makes too many mistakes. At least at his age right now, his speed is not what it used to be. So uh, the only other thing that I, I could think of when it co comes to talk about the defense is: Do we see the Stars make a move at like the trade deadline? And I know that's really, really, really far in advance. But, you know, at that point, the cap, it, it's easier to kind of manage the cap a little bit because you're two-thirds of the way through the season, three-fourths of the way through the season or whatever. Is that something that you could see the Stars doing is going out and getting a rental D-man? I think that's absolutely an option if 
one of Harley Hockenpah or Lundqvist just can't do it. Like if they fall apart, that is totally an option I can see happening. Not not even for somebody that's necessarily even top four. I mean, you might be trading for a bottom pair defenseman at that point that's just solid somewhere. So that, that's definitely an option I see happening if we have problems. But if we hopefully we just don't have problems. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I agree. <laughs> New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game, opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Even if you're not going on vacation, summer's all about a vacation state of mind. Whether I want to listen to Owl City or Lincoln Park or Nickelback, yes, I like Nickelback, on repeat, or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit, I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. There's so much going on all summer, sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some good guided meditation. I know that there's a lot of people that use the Raycons for listening to music, but I also use them for listening to podcasts. And of course, being the hockey nut that I am, I'm constantly listening to all sorts of hockey podcasts, especially Dallas Stars podcasts. Raycon earbuds are simply just the best way to listen to things. You can use the earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. They've got 32 hours of battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time, and they just won't die. They also come with custom gel tips so that they'll fit in your ears the best. And of course, with my small ears, it works great. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really just can't lose. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Starcastic Remarks listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com THPN. That's buyraycon.com THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com THPN. THPN. Okay. Uh, let's go on to three questions facing the Dallas Stars uh, this season. This is from 
uh, Tracy Myers of NHL.com. I just figured it would just be uh, kind of fun to go through the three questions real quick, and then uh, we'll get into the last couple of segments here in tonight's episode. Okay, uh, the first one, who is the best fit with Matt Duchesne? So it kind of seems like he's going to slot into the pseudo 2A, 2B line there with uh, Marchment and Sagan. That just appears that to be sense. what's going to happen. Uh, but could you maybe see him playing with like Wyatt Johnston and Jamie Benn on that other pseudo second line? Not really. Cause I think the main reason we got to Donov is because he just works so well with both of those guys. So weirdly enough, I think our top two lines are set right now. I, I, I definitely can see the bottom two lines moving around and mixing up just with whatever works. I mean, we've seen Delandria can make an offensive impact on a line. The beginning of last season, whichever line he was on was scoring for whatever reason. We never really figured that out because he wasn't the one doing the scoring, but it, it was effective. So I can totally see those bottom two pairings getting shifted around and moved around. So maybe we don't have that checking line like uh, Bones liked us to have. Uh, but maybe it's like a 3A, 3B situation because I'm kind of fully putting – Johnson's line and the second line role right now, just given the points that they scored last season, it's kind of ridiculous. I think that's fair to say. I agree. So, yeah, but it's also good to have to be able to move it around. I mean, anybody in our top three lines can play anywhere is, is really the case. Th- those are all top six forwards there that we have in our top nine, which is ridiculous. And then we kind of already talked about this a little bit to a certain extent, so we don't have to go into super depth with it, but who rounds out the defense? And what are the, what do the defensive pairings look like? We, I mean, we've talked about this for all offseason, trying to figure out, trying to find a way to put Mira Haskinen on the left side. But that's this is just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, so who steps up more likely? Do you think? Do you think maybe Harley plays with Miro? Maybe maybe Miro can go to the left side, and Lundqvist is able to play with him a little bit. What what looks good for that? What I expect to happen is the same thing that has been happening, and I expect Suter and Hasten to be playing together a lot. I expect Hasten to play. Yeah, don't make me throw up. Twenty to twenty-four minutes, and Suter to be playing twenty to twenty-two. So I, I don't think it's going to change. What I want to happen is Harley to really step out. I mean, he's been protected for for four years now, in, in the minors, he played a big role in the final push in the season where we coulda, shoulda, woulda won the division and played a big role in the playoffs for us. So, I mean, yeah. He's he's set up right now to have a great rookie season. Even though it's not, yeah. It's not really a rookie season, but I don't know what how many games has he played in the NHL? Has he already disqualified himself? No, I, I don't no, think it'll he be is his rookie season. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like uh it's like over the course of 3 years you have to play a certain amount of games to not be considered a rookie anymore. Yeah, I think he's only played yet. I think he's only played like less than 20, maybe less than 30, something like that. I don't know. Playoff uh, games must not count then. Yeah. Playoff games do not count. Playoff that is correct. Count. Yeah, they don't. Interesting. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. That's just interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, and then uh, the third question, we've talked about this a lot, and uh, David Castillo of uh, D Magazine loves this player, has constantly been writing about him. Uh, how does Wyatt Johnston build off his rookie season? So, there is the more. dreaded he scores more. <laughs> <laughs> There's the dreaded oh. sophomore slump. Uh, we saw that kind of hit 
uh, Lucas Raymond of the Detroit Red Wings this past year. He did not play at all like he did his rookie season. Uh, Maritz Sider kind of played a little better. But uh, what do you think happens? Do you think he might just go into a sophomore slump? Does he stay the same? Does he explode and get 40 goals? What do you think? I would be utterly shocked if Johnston and Ben score the same amount or more than they did last season. That would be shocking. I expect them to score less, and I think it's going to be a, a good bit less, honestly, for both of them because they they were outstanding last season, and I don't know, I, I don't know that that can keep up the way it did last year. That it was it was crazy. I I think you're wrong, Chris. I think, tell me why. I think Johnston throughout the entire season proved that he was in the NHL and he wasn't going away. He continued to score throughout the entire course of the year consistently, not bursts at the beginning in the first 50 games and then died. He scored through the entire time, even ramped up towards the end of the season. And it's just, it's, it feels like he's always, he was always supposed to be there. He didn't look like a rookie this year. Nope. He didn't. That's yeah, and sure. that's it. Go ahead, go ahead. It, I was just going to agree with you a little bit. If there was ever a rookie that would avoid a sophomore slump, it would be Johnston, just because of the way he plays. He, he, Like you said, he plays like a veteran, solid two-way, both sides of the puck, never really makes a stupid play. So he, he is, he's not the flashiest player either. He's just a I smart, mean, good hockey player. He's pretty flashy, dude. He can be. He he's, can he's, be. He's, he can I be. stick handled through a couple he, people. He's not... He's not he, like a Trevor Zegris kind of that's thing. That's what I was about to I say. Mean, He's not I scoring mean, goals from behind the back of the net or trying I mean, to flip exactly. off the goalie's head. I mean, the game seven short side backhand okay, that was corner beautiful. is pretty well, and sick. Well, and his first goal against Nashville, that was pretty pretty oh, too. Man. Off on the side and that angle, oh man. Whew. But th- there's so many arguments as to why he is not going to go through the sophomore slump. I mean, when you look at what Pete DeBoer said – at the end of the season, the end of the year uh, press conferences and stuff like that. He said he's never seen a player like Wyatt Johnston ever in his entire coaching career. So, and the other fact is it's not just Wyatt got better as he went on. Yeah. He kind of went on some hot streaks and scored more goals and that's in those, you know, four or five game stretches or whatever, but he, he was given way more uh, responsibility as he was going on. He progressively got better. He was even playing penalty kill at the end of the season and even in the playoffs. And he wasn't doing that at the beginning of the season. So that's another reason why I don't think that either him or Ben are going to slow down. I I don't think Ben's going to score 40 goals, obviously. I think he's going to be 25 to 35 range like he was this year. But I can see Wyatt Johnson going up and scoring 30 plus. I really do. And if we're going to win the cup, that, that line is super key in order to uh, to do that, because I'm not sure that the top line can keep up that production. Um, I, I think Hens and Robertson can, but, I mean, Pavelski is eventually going ha- to run out. I hope, keeping my fingers crossed, he's not going to run out anytime soon, but... He's got to run out soon, right? Right? Nope. <laughs> he's never running out, and he's staying forever. Okay, all right, moving on. Last thing we got tonight for you guys before the Who Cares. Top three most important players for next season. We've each got our three. I'm curious to see uh, which ones uh, you guys have got picked. I've got my three. 
Uh, do we want to do like we do who cares segment style and just go three, 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 two, 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 one, one, one. I don't know. This is, this is, this isn't my segment. See, it's your choice. All right. Let's just, let's just go three, 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 two, 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 one, one, one. Let's just do that. All right. Uh, I'll go, I guess I can go first unless James, you want to go first? No, I'll go first. Oh, All right. James, you go first. I'm okay with going first. Uh, so are we, are, is this like an actual ranking or? I don't think it matters. You can do it however you want to do it. Oh, well, mine's kind of ranked. Uh, okay, yeah, that's cool. I guess I can do mine ranked. I can do mine. Yeah, so, I can do that. So for my third, I have Miro Haskin in there. I mean, Haskinen is was so good this year, and he needs to be so good next year. And I expect him to be, but at the same time, like if, if he gets injured at all, this team's like we're gonna we're gonna go on a losing streak instantly. So the health of Miro Haskinen might be the most important thing next year. Yeah, more so the health rather than just his playing ability because we know yeah. he can play. Yeah. He just has to stay healthy for 82 games while he's playing 25 yeah. minutes I mean, a night. I mean, you lose <laughs> you lose Haskinen and we might have the worst blue line in the Central Division. <laughs> you might, yeah. If those three players that I'd mentioned earlier don't do well, which they probably won't with extended minutes, yeah, we could have the worst. I don't think it would be the worst because you have to think there's still Arizona I, and there's still yeah. Chicago. I'm saying worst case scenario. Haskinen's gone. Harley, Hockenpah, and Lundqvist all suck. I mean, yeah, that would be That bad. would be worst case, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll do my number three. All right. So my number three is I, I'm actually going to put this on Thomas Harley. It was going to be Lundqvist, but uh, y'all kind of talked about Harley a lot and kind of won me over a little bit. I think Harley stepping into a top four role is extremely key to the success of this team. We talked about defense is a weakness for this team. It's not necessarily like weak. It's just weaker than the rest of the team. Right. And like you said, Chris, if he can step in and he can play on the top pairing with uh, Miro Haskinen, maybe even kind of lessen the minutes of Miro Haskinen so that Miro can be more well-rested for the playoffs and later in the year when we really, really need him to be super good, that's huge. And, and, and this all goes back to Miro kind of a little bit with James's point. But Thomas Harley is like one of the key, one of the keys to the star success next year. That's my opinion. Yeah, that, that's, that was going to be mine as well. Either him or Lundqvist. I mean, you can say this exact same thing that you just said for Harley for Lundqvist. He that's true. is... We traded a first-round pick for him. He's a first-round kind of guy. So right. and, he's and expected I, to be in that spot, too. Harley, we like more because he's developed in our system. He's learned exactly what we want him to learn, and now it's time for him to step up because he's been through it all. So yeah. Yeah, I agree and, with you. And, and I honestly think Lundquist is going to play majority of the season next year. Like He's going to be oh, yeah. 60 games to. at least. No, I, if the he, same thing happens this year plus, that happens last 70 plus. year, that would be bad. We would and that's why we have Bayreuther. <laughs> I don't want to see Hopefully Bay for... Yeah, James, yeah, number yeah, two. <laughs> All right. My number two, I'm going with Rope Hens. And for a very specific reason, okay? I just want to look at Rope Hens' shot percentage over the years he's been in the league. So his first year in the league, he had a nine, a 9% for shooting percentage. And then he had a 15.8. And then he had a 16.3. And then he had a 
and this year he had a 20.11. Wow, I did not. That's if, really interesting. If actually, Rove hints just shoots the puck more next year. He, I, I, I don't think it would be. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that he can make it to 50 goals. Honestly, I mean, a it, 20 shot percentage. He had 184 shots. That's not nearly enough for having a 20. 20% shooting percentage. I wonder if you have this in front of you, but do you have uh, Jason Robertson's shooting percentage this I year? I don't. It, 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 you can pull that up while I kind of talk about it because yeah, it's it. kind of hard for Ropa Hints to shoot more because he has <laughs> he never the has number the seven in the league in points right there. <laughs> who scored a billion goals, yeah, took I, the points number, and almost took the team's goals record as well. Yeah, so Robertson had 13.4 his first season in the league. Then he had an 18.6, and this year he had a 14.7. But he also shot almost 100 more times than he did last yeah. year. Which he is listened. why you high see shooting it. percentage. But, but, but if, they both, if they both just shoot, both of them shoot. I don't care. Both shoot every time he touches the puck. Yeah. yeah, both of you shoot more. I agree. Both of them shoot, and Pavelski will just stand in front of the net and just tip it away. And that's crazy to tell Jason Robertson that he has to shoot more. I mean, right. he shoots I mean, that, it every that, time he gets it. I'm, that's what that was his goal this year. He saw his eighteen percent last year. He's like, dude, I just need to shoot more. And that's what I want Hints to do this upcoming season. That's yeah. why I think it's so important. I think he's 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 our number one center, and he's gotten better every single year he's been in the league. And his stats are just insane for he, for what he's been doing. And he showed last year why he might be a better hockey player than Jason Robertson is. Yeah, playoffs especially. That that's really playoffs de- was huge. That's, that's really a huge debate thing. But Robertson definitely has the goal sense, but just R- Rope's skill. I mean that that's all it is. He is insanely skilled. What, what's one your second the, one, Ryan? Well, I want to talk about oh, sorry, Rope sorry, sorry, for sorry. a second, but. Uh, so this was really interesting. So right before I came on, like about 38 minutes before, I watched the the 32 and 32 that the NHL.com has, and they have each of the team season previews and stuff like that, right? Well, Dan Rosen, who is a very well-known uh, commentator, columnist, writes a bunch of stuff, His he actually thinks that Rope Hintz might be the best Selkie candidate for next year now that Bergeron is oh, not yeah. in the league anymore. Oh, yeah. And that right there is a huge compliment to his game and how he plays when you've got a big time writer i know it's just a media person but still the fact that a media person recognizes him his two-way play his ability and how he well he played in the playoffs that that's really cool to see it's really really cool to see okay anyway i'll put a large wager on rope hints getting a selkie in the next five years oh i would guarantee it i would almost guarantee it okay uh my number two i kind of went in the same direction James did with his number three. And I th- it's going to be kind of weird, but my number two is Scott Wedgwood. And here's the reason why. We lost a lot of competent goaltending when he was out. Like, he was hurt. It, he They said, he, oh, he's only going to be out for a couple of weeks. And then it turned into a month. And then it turned into, I think, like two months. And then he finally came back, and he did not play very well. So... I think in or in Thomas Harley needing to be really key so that Miro Haskinen could step up and be even better. I think Scott Wedgwood needs to stay healthy and he needs to be he needs to be really, really good in order 
Ottinger can really step in there and really be have that Vesna caliber season that we know he can have. Because uh, I think that's going to be huge uh, for the Stars to be able going into the playoffs. And that's definitely going to be a lesson learned after the playoffs that we had. I mean, we had one of the best goalies of the regular season stepping into the playoffs. We go into the playoffs, and he's mediocre at best in the playoffs. I mean, he was, he, he was, he was good in the Minnesota series. He was good in the Minnesota series, but after that, I would agree with you. Yes. In the semifinals, he was probably the worst goalie of the semifinals. I agree. Yes. And and it's because we rode him so hard at the end of the season, trying to get that conference title, which I agree is an important thing to get. But I mean, it cost you. We we were talking about it when it was happening, and I argued that yes, we should ride him to try and get the conference. And hindsight being twenty twenty, that was probably the wrong decision. We, we probably should have taken second and been happy with it because, I mean, who, who knows? Maybe a little bit more rest, a few a few games off, and we see a different Jake Ottinger. It, it's tough when you're playing the third most minutes among goaltenders in the league. Yeah. yeah. And that is something I think that will be taken as a lesson learned, and we will not see that even if Wedgwood is hurt. I think we will play a Matt bad Murray. goalie, and we'll take not really having a chance. So here's a question that comes into my mind and it kind of bounces off of James's third most played minutes in the NHL last season. How many games does Ottinger get next season? And how many should, I guess better question would be how many should he play so that he stays fresh for the playoffs? No more we talking? than 56. Yeah. <laughs> 56? <laughs> Around 50. I, I feel, I feel like if you, Keep him under 60 games at all costs. I mean, if he reaches that, it, he's it's going to be the same story as last year. And especially coming down the wire, I think, is more important as when he gets those rest days as to how many he gets. Um, just making sure that he's fully healthy and good to go going into the playoffs, not having anything nagging, not having soreness, not being just exhausted. I mean, if, if we need to take second place to have a rest of Jake Ottinger... At this point, with the players we have right now, we'll take second place and we'll go try and win a Stanley Cup. Well, uh, that that was just my thought. I thought that was kind of, I, I'm I'm kind of going about this a different way. Obviously, we know the important players, the the Ropa Hintzes, the Mira Hayskins, and stuff like that. But those two guys in particular, if those two guys can step up, then the other two guys who are more key individuals can really be able to solidify their role and really stand up when we really need them to in Miro and Otter. So that's just where I went with my number three and two. Sorry. Uh, my number two is the actual correct choice since Jake Ottinger. Um, <laughs> if he's a great goalie, we're going to be the best hockey team. I mean, we've talked about defense. You know what fixes bad defense? Great goaltending. And you, t- <laughs> you talk about another player who's just gotten better stats every year he's been in the league. I mean, yeah. he, he had a 919 save percentage this year. And it, I, I don't know if I say that this was his best season. I feel like his rookie season was better, but maybe because they just had lower expectations too. But I, I he think also this played is, way less games too. Yeah, I think this is very similar to the Miro Haskinen argument that James was making. He's one of our best players. He's on the side of the game that we are less strong at, so he has to be exceptional and he has to play a lot and he has to be okay, as in healthy. <laughs> yep. I so if, if he can do all three of those things, we're going to be the best hockey team. 
If he's the best goalie, we are the best hockey team by far. We'll win the President's Trophy if he wins the best. James, number one. All right. So the most important player for me going into next season is Tyler Sagan. A thousand percent, it's Tyler Sagan. Sagan had a a fine year this year. He had 50 points. He had 21 goals, 29 assists, but or 21 goals, 29 assists. And but but now he's getting probably he's gonna play with Matt Duchesne. And with that is gonna come hopefully a lot more goals and a lot more points. And I feel like I, 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 he, there's still something there. He's still, I mean, towards the end of the season, we saw it too. He was starting to get better as the season went along and he looked like more and more of a solid player. And we just, we, we pay him too much for him to only score 50 points. If, if he can even get to 70, like 20, 20 more points than last year, then we win the division without a doubt. Yep. Well, my number one is pretty obvious. Um, and it's it's different from number three and number two with the way I went about it. It's Mira Haskinen. I mean, if you don't have Mira Haskinen, the, this team, that that defense looks really, really, really weak. And then you're asking either one of Essa Lindell, Thomas Harley, or Lundquist to step up and be that number one defenseman. I mean, maybe Harley is the most capable of doing that. But that's a lot to ask for somebody in their first NHL, full NHL season, right? So that that's just me. I'm not going to go into too much depth about it because we've already talked about him a lot. But he is the significant number one key to the Stars' success next season. Yep. And my number one is going to be Jamie Benn, just because I don't trust it yet. Fantastic year last year. 100% loved it. I loved the Renaissance. Loved have, having Jamie been back and making a huge impact on this team. He has to do it again. I mean, if you look back at last year, if we do everything last year the exact same, we have a serious, serious chance to win the Stanley Cup. We don't have to change anything from last year, and we have a great chance to win the Stanley Cup because that's how good this team is, and I think we got better. But if Jamie Benn can just, just maintain, I'm not even saying do better, Maintain what you did last year. We are going to be an exceptional hockey team. We're going to have a full two lines, maybe three, with seeing what Marchment can do in a second year and Duchesne can do in a first year here. But if the Renaissance can continue, that is going to be huge for us having a multi-tiered offensive threat and to be one of the best offensive teams in the league. I think the key to that is really Jamie Benn, even more than Tyler Sagan. Yeah, that's a lot of good points, Chris. But uh, the one thing you didn't mention was the the fact of his leadership. His his leadership has to be key, and he's been through a lot the last couple of seasons, right? He was two games away from winning the Stanley Cup in the bubble, and a lot of people are arguing right now that one of the reasons why the Stars lost in the Western Conference Final was because of that really dumb play that he made, regardless of what he says, and regardless of what uh, other people may say about it it was a very stupid move it was not smart at all so you, you got to think he's got to have at least a little bit of a sour taste in his mouth right oh yeah. from from oh. from the playoffs he absolutely has there's to. a massive chip on so, his shoulder i am certain of it he already so, had one be without having a cup to his name and then you think okay everyone kind of blames him for 
tossing the season in that in that game four, yeah, he's he's gonna come into the season upset. If he can channel that in the right direction and can continue what he did last year, like I said, and figure out what he did right and keep doing it, yeah, that would be insane. And, and that's the thing with Jamie is he he's done that really well over the course of his career, right? He, he's always been able to tiptoe over that line and not do too much to get in too much trouble. And then the one time he decides to go over it is at the worst possible time when his team need, needs him the most. So I, I and that could really be like the coolest story Redemption. arc ever. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> like 100%. he's so good at that. He's so good at you know he's he, this guy just treads the line all the time. He like he'll get a five thousand dollar fine every now and then, but he's never suspended or anything like that. And then he does that play that just fully crossed it and blew up the series pretty much. And to come back and figure out a way to overcome that, man, that would be so cool. That'd be a great setup. Well, and, and look at the motivation that the guys got in game oh, four and game five. He doesn't need more motivation. We, no, we, well, we no, I'm talking about, about the players around him. I'm talking oh, about yeah. the players around him, the motivation they got because he, the fact that he was out and they wanted him to be able to come back and play. Now they sucked it up at game six, but the motivation and the they they emptied the gas. They emptied the gas tank yep. in game four and game five. Yep. They just didn't have enough to get over the finish line. So yeah. that's that's cool to see. He just needs to channel it. Just wait one more series. Yeah, yeah. Then, wait. Then, then, yeah. <laughs> then someone's one more series. Sure. <laughs> okay. All right. Great job. Great job, guys. That's that was fun to, talking about that. Okay. Who cares? Segment, Chris. So cake. <laughs> James, what what cake you like? Number third. Uh, number third is angel food. That's technically cake. That's cake. That's my number I like third. That. You like that it's, with the strawberries on top or just on a oh, plain? It's so, it's so good with the strawberries on top, but I like it plain too. However, however you eat it, you know, nice, firm cake. Very tasty. Very fluffy. James likes it firm and fluffy. Ryan, number third. Ryan, number third. You're not allowed my, to laugh. My number third is triple chocolate chunk. Uh, not triple chocolate chunk. Sorry, just triple chocolate cake. Sorry. Thinking about cookies right now. I was about to say, that um, like a cookie to me. But. Yeah, there's a cookie. Yeah. But I'm no mathematologist. Mathematologist, yeah. But the this this particular cake I'm thinking of, it's a Godiva chocolate cake. I don't know. Have you ever had like a Godiva chocolate cake before? Yes, yes, I have. It's amazing. And they, it, they've got like, it's just the actual cake is chocolate. They've got an icing in the center that's different from the one on the outside too. So it's like, it's like a dark chocolate like layer in between the two layers. And then it's like a full like buttercream chocolate icing on the outside is so good. It's amazing. It's moist. All right. Ryan moist. likes chocolate. So original, liking a chocolate cake. Anyway, my number third is red velvet. <laughs> I knew that Not was coming. Chocolate. I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, I it totally is totally just go red red dyed chocolate cake. But man, well, I love, so I'm a sucker for some food dye. Y'all, if y'all know, if y'all see my eating habits, <laughs> I love food dye. That is my favorite. That's some good stuff. All right, James, number second. Uh, I'm instantly going off script. I gave y'all the only type of cake that I truly like, so my number second is cookie cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? That's my number two as well. Let's go. <laughs> wow. The, the number, number and two it, are not and, cakes. And specifically, specifically from Great American Cookies. No, it like, doesn't matter. That's, yes, it does. Yes, it does. For me, it matters. For those old people who are 30 years old and above, 
you remember those great American cookie cakes when they would bring it in uh, for, you know, during elementary days, the elementary days. They was absolutely I like my cookie cakes to be from Sam's. Anyway, Sam's. My number two. That's a hit is... for the second time tonight. Carrot cake. Carrot cake is good. If you don't like carrot cake, my response to you is stop being a baby. Yes, you do. You like carrot cake. You just you just are a being a baby because you think that carrots are gross. Calm down. If you actually eat the carrot cake and you taste it, you taste all the nice like spices and flavor. This is a flavorful cake. All right. You know, you eat your red velvet cake. It's good. But you know what you taste? Chocolate. It tastes like chocolate. If you eat a carrot cake, you're thinking about all the complexity, all the little notes, the little journey that it takes you on. Delicious. Also, this is the best cake with like a thick buttery icing i mean it's carrot cake it's a little bit lighter a little bit less sweet and you throw just the most disgusting sweet icing you can imagine man that's amazing uh you're wrong ardell i'm sorry <laughs> go to sleep james number one my number one again is it's not cake as i've specified before it's ice cream cake Oh. I like ice cream. Ice cream is my favorite thing in the world, so ice cream cake's my number one. James's number one and number two are not cake. Ryan, I number agree. one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't like, like cake I, that much. I only have one cake I like, and it's, it's that one. Uh, okay, my number one is the right answer. It's cheesecake. And it doesn't matter. It, That's it not cake. Any. That's pie. It, That's cheesecake is pie. It is not pie. It is not pie. It has the word cake in the name. Okay? Like and it can be cake. and it yeah <laughs> it can be any kind of cheesecake if you get like the white raspberry or the turtle cheesecake or the chocolate cheesecake then you're just opening or up the raspberry whole... swirl cheesecake if you say cheesecake you're opening up that whole new world yeah which and cheesecake that's shut i knew you're gonna do that ryan shut <laughs> up so cheesecake <laughs> is either its own thing or it's pie those are the only two options no james it's is, not james is cake is cheesecake cake I think it's its own thing. Boom. All right. Done. I it says know. cake in the word. You it says know cake it's in the, the word. right answer. I'm giving it's my the right number answer. one. This is the wrong answer. I fully understand that, but it's still my favorite. And I've at least chosen three cakes in the cake tier list. Unlike <laughs> these imbeciles who have chosen Half of our cakes one. in the tier lists are not cakes. <laughs> so my number one cake is the strawberry cream bunt cakes that you get from the supermarket. <laughs> Specifically nice. the HEB ones. Nice. Remember that thing I okay, said about food dye? Good. I, I will give you. Remember those the are thing good. I said about food dye? Bright pink. Like dangerously so. Like so pink it'll make you poop pink. Like that's how pink they are. And man, they're so strawberry and creamy. I get those little y'all know y'all know what I'm talking about, you HEB frequenters. Uh the little what's what's it called? The one slice of strawberry cake. I'll get that. I'm after I get my groceries and I'm like, I'm getting dinner and my little dessert. I'll just eat the cake. No dinner. <laughs> just eat the whole quarter of a cake. And then I feel sick and I have uh, stomach problems the next day. But, you know, it's worth it because that cake is amazing. Well, Chris won the Who Cares segment because he actually chose cake. I chose cake. <laughs> Mine is a cake. No, it's not. It Cheese is cake a cake. is not a and, cake. And you still chose cookie cake oh, as your number okay. two. Oh, but you so did you. Should I? I? I agree. It's not cake. <laughs> Ice cream cake is closer to cake than cheesecake. 
I, I didn't disagree with you about cookie cake not being cake. Okay. It's cheesecake cookie, cheesecake okay? has a graham cracker crust, just like a pie. <laughs> it's still called a cheesecake. And okay. An ice cream cake is called a cake. Is that you a cake? Cheesecake is together. On it's one word. Cookie cake is not. Okay. A cookie cake is what a cookie. A cheesecake cake? is not cheese. Okay. It's cheesecake. It's not its own thing. It is a cake. Okay. They're always so getting up on me, I swear. Cro so Crosby is top 10. Cheesecake is not pie. I mean, these are some terrible takes. <laughs> on a completely random thing. Have y'all ever had... up that episode right there. Well, hold on, hold on. I, have y'all ever had nothing bunt cakes before? Have y'all ever heard, ever heard of that? Yes, they're mid and overpriced. Mid? I'd rather, I'd rather have the supermarket ones. Really? Okay. I disagree with you on that. But I do like the supermarket ones, though. But I don't like the ones from uh, Walmart. I don't. They, go, go Walmart makes them, but they're not as good. You're going the wrong place. You're going to Walmart. You got to go to Heb. Yeah, of course I go to Heb when I, whenever I do that. Okay. James is yawning, so we need to we need to wrap it up. It's 12 or 1221 over where he is right now. Wimp. Okay. It's the next Anyways. day. Yep, it is the next day. We've been talking so long, it's the next day. All right. Oh Anyways, guys, thank you all for tuning along with us uh, live here. There's about eight people who are live now, but we had as much up. We had as much up to 13 tonight. Goodness, I can't. Oh, talk. my goodness. Yes, that's a lot. What are y'all doing? Yeah, go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, there's not even yeah, a hockey going on. <laughs> it's almost like we're talking to ourselves when we when we say that. But and uh, well, I know for those I of you that are, Yeah, I know you are, James, especially. Uh for those of you that are listening afterwards, we appreciate you as well. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook and Raycon for being our sponsor, as always. Along with Chris and James, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. And we hope there's hockey here soon. I miss hockey. We'll see you guys later.